Hey, welcome everyone to the Church Explained podcast, a conversation to grow your leadership and build your church. Good to have Chad with us today. We're going to say a little bit more about him in a moment, but uh, welcome to the podcast. My name's Dave. And my name's Nathan. And uh, as always, we're your hosts at the Church Explained podcast. And uh, as Dave said, we're joined by Chad. Hampton and um, I'm going to just mention a little bit about Chad and um, he's put a short bio together for us today and so uh, Chad has been married to his wife Jill for almost 19 years. They've got four children, McKenna, Ashton, Adeline and Jude. Did I say those right Chad? You said that great man, you got it. Amazing, amazing. Chad grew up as a preacher's kid, he's a PK and uh, come on, Come on, come on. the PKs. Uh, and uh, at the age of 19, well, he attended Bible college and then at the age of 19, went into full-time ministry as a youth pastor. He's on staff at a church called Faith Center Church in Rockford, Illinois, for 12 years before transitioning to staff at Elevation Church in Charlotte. Chad was the campus pastor at the Providence campus for a little over two years and then moved to be the campus pastor at the Lake Norman location for over four years. Chad recently stepped away from full-time vocational ministry and took a job as a sales rep for a company in Utah. And his focus during this time is to make sure he takes in every moment possible while his kids are still young and home. So Chad, it's so good to have you with us on the Church Explained podcast. Great to be here with you guys. Honored to be a part of this. Fantastic. Yeah, we, we love having different guests on and different stories. So it'd be great just to find out a little bit about your story today, Chad, as well. We, obviously, we've got your bio there. That's the stuff uh, that's more official, but we want to find out a little bit more about you as well. So tell us a little bit about your faith story and um, your journey into ministry, background. Uh, we've heard a little bit about your family, but if there's anything else you want to say about your family, you can do that. But also, what do you do for fun? For fun. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Nathan kind of summed it up there in the bio that I gave you guys, which I hate writing bios. I, I always sit there for like five minutes, like, okay, what do I say about myself? <laughs> it always comes down to, hey, I'm a, I'm a husband, I'm a father. And yeah, I was blessed to, you know, uh, work uh, for a couple amazing churches, you know, for almost 20 years of my life um, and, and grew up in church. Yeah, I was <clears throat> I was in church every time the doors were open and every time the doors weren't open. Uh, <laughs> you know, when it was just uh, our church was kind of a, a family ordeal. My grandpa was the lead pastor of the church I grew up in. My dad was the executive pastor. So, yeah, just church was all I knew. And um, really about the age of 16 was when uh, I felt God pulling me in the direction of, man, maybe I want to be a pastor and go into full-time vocational ministry. Uh, I had a youth pastor in my life that just showed me what ministry could be. I always thought church was just, hey, something you do on Sundays, Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, Wednesday, and um, realized that, wow, to live this life and get to encourage people and, you know, empower people, uh, pastor uh, and care for people, that's that's pretty significant. That's pretty fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, at the age of 16, really felt called to, uh, you know, go in that direction. Um, like you said, went to college. So when I came back, I went to, I went to college. And when I came back from college, I, I left as a youth at the church I grew up in. Mm-hmm. And now I'm coming back as the youth pastor wow. at the church I grew up in. And mm-hmm. so a lot of my friends, now I'm their youth pastor. And that was, a. Uh, that was a bit of a challenge, you know, for sure. But uh, six years in youth ministry, 
And um, yeah, like I said, my grandpa was the lead pastor. So it's, it's just all I knew. Um, when we moved, you know, to, to Charlotte uh, from, from Illinois, it was, it was definitely an uncertain, you know, step because at the time coming to Elevation, they didn't just hire people on. Uh, they had an apprenticeship program. So we were moving across the country, you know, with four kids of no guarantees uh, of a job. It was just like, hey, let's give this a try. It was pretty much a six month interview. And so people thought, you know, are you crazy? You're, you're moving everything that you've known, you know, to, to uh, pursue a maybe. And uh, I said, you know, I'm going to call it faith. Maybe it's crazy. I think you got to have a little bit of both, you know, when you're, yeah. when you're following God yeah, and, you know, obviously it worked out. Yeah. And coming on staff. So churches, churches, what we've known. And so mm. to step out of, to step out of that, you know, after almost 20 years, it felt like a death, you know, when we stepped away from full-time ministry just to go into a corporate job. Um, but, you know, during during the lockdown, we all experienced, you know, the pandemic in different ways. I think it would be silly to say that we all went through it the same way. We all, we gained different perspectives. I have a friend who called it Coach COVID. He's a, he's a public speaker. <laughs> And he's like, Coach COVID put me on the bench because obviously all of his speaking engagements got canceled. But it, it gave him a different perspective. And for me, you know, I thought I was going to go crazy uh, being at home all the time. I, I'm a people person. I like being out. I like engaging with people. And so the thought of just being home 24-7 was daunting to me. Mm-hmm. But actually, it, it, had a, it had a different impact. And I realized I really like this. Uh, I like being home. I like being more available, you know, with what my kids have going on. And that's what really began to create, you know, the, the possibility and the conversation of a, of a transition from, would we really consider stepping away from full-time ministry? Just, just take a remote job where I work at home. And, you know, that was not something that we decided overnight. It wasn't an emotional decision. It wasn't a reactive decision. There was a lot of prayer and, and conversation that had to go into that. And so, um, you know, now here we are a little over a year, just working corporate, working remote, and God's been faithful in it. He's been very faithful and I'm very thankful. And I'd say if, you know, if, if there's one posture I've really tried to maintain in this time, it's just a posture of, of praise and thanksgiving, you know, just for you know, seeing how God has has uh, has been with us in this time. So I, I guess I would hope, you know, through this podcast that, that we're having this conversation. Um, I'm sure there's there's people that maybe they're in full time ministry and mm-hmm. and maybe they're they feel a little stuck because they feel a, a pull or a call maybe towards something that's not full time ministry. And, you know, I know we're gonna talk about it more, but uh, you know, maybe that this would encourage someone today that just feels um, a little stuck right now. Yeah, as you say, Chad, we're going to pick that up, and Nathan's got a great question for you in a moment on that. So we don't want to miss the bit in there. Um, what do you do for fun? Because because you haven't answered. That oh, yet. that's right. Yeah, I, that I got so serious. I got so <laughs> serious. Uh, I mean, really, right now, what I do for fun is is I am completely wrapped up in in my kids' lives. Um, just everything that they have going on. My my two boys are really involved with sports. <clears throat> we got football wow. season coming up, not soccer, yeah. football season coming up. And so, uh, you know, they're, they're getting ready for that. They're really excited. Um, my daughter, my youngest daughter, she just started a little business, her and her friend. So, you know, just supporting her in that. 
Uh, my oldest daughter, she's about to be a senior in high school. So she's working, she's driving. So I'm just trying to, you know, make the most of this last year uh, that she's in the house. So I love dating my wife. Uh, we prioritize, you know, going on date nights. I'm a big shoe guy. I love sneakers. Okay. Uh, I play the drums. I love playing the drums and, and just love being active. You know, I love sports. Uh, we just had a rec center open up by us. So, uh, you know, trying to get over there with the boys. Uh, I put a home gym at our at our house. So I love working out. So try to stay active, you know, try mm -hmm. to try to uh, still live life. But yeah, really fun is just whatever my kids got going on, however I can be there and support them and just be their biggest mm -hmm. fan. That's that's a lot of fun right now. Amazing. Amazing. Um, you were you mentioned there that you're into shoes, sneakers. Mm -hmm. uh, what's your What's your favorite at the moment? What would you What would your go to be? My go to would be, I have the um, the Jordan One Court Purples, mm. um, and I'm not typically a purple fan, but just the combination, the way that these colors work together, uh, that's probably my favorite shoe right now. The Jordan One Court Purple. Amazing, amazing. No, yeah, I like um, like my shoes. Uh, not got as many as I'd want, but never. You know, There's always never. more to get. Always. <laughs> Can I say before? So you mentioned there that, that you go oh, gone. No, I was just going to say it sounds like a it sounds like a, an event with some ladies talking about shoes today. Not that all <laughs> ladies talk about shoes, but that's how it's coming across to me and probably our listeners as well. So, as it is, go for it. Dave, Dave, you need to get into the sneaker game, mate. You I need know, to get yeah, into the sneaker you. game. <laughs> now, you mentioned there, Chad, around uh, going from full-time ministry into a corporate setting. Um, you mentioned some of the motivation for that in that, but I wonder if you'd allude to that. Maybe some of the mindset, mind shifts that you've had to make on that as well, like uh, what shifts, the challenges with that. You know, um, I'd love to hear your perspective as well in terms of, obviously, you've grown up in church, um, did that present challenges as well? And also what have been the new opportunities that have come with that faith step? Yeah, absolutely. That's a loaded question for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, growing up in ministry, I mean, it's, it's all we knew. So the consideration of, you know, stepping out of, stepping out of working for a church to just take on a corporate job, I guess there was a, a concern for me because it was like, and my wife, because we're going, are we are we stepping out of our calling? <laughs> you know, that, that word calling, I feel like it's been abused so much uh, over the years, especially within maybe a, a church context, because uh, I've, I've talked to so many people that they work corporate and they feel like the only way I can fulfill my calling is I have to work for a church. I remember talking with an individual, this was when, right when I got to the Lake Norman campus, and he was just burdened. He was conflicted because he's like, I own this business. It was a very successful business. He's like, but I feel God, you know, pulling me towards helping people and ministering to people. And I feel like I need to apply, you know, for the church. And I told him, I just said, man, you've got a great ministry right where you are. When it comes to your business, you're interacting with people all the time. I even told him, I said, I'm a little envious of you because you're just every day. You've got people coming into your business and you're just having, you know, conversations and you never know how God will use that business as a ministry to open a door to, um, to encourage somebody, to, to minister to somebody. So I just challenged him right there. I said, you don't, you don't need to work for a church 
um, to fulfill your calling. You're, you're living in that calling right now. And, and God's using your business as a way to fulfill that. So just keep being available, keep being open, keep being present, you know, keep listening to the people when they're coming in, listening for signs and signals where maybe it's a cry for help and you can step in there. And so, um, you know, I think a lot of people get it backwards. Like I have to work for a church to fulfill my calling. But I think of the parable of the talents where it says the master called to his servants. They were called in that moment, uh, you know, to multiply what he had given them. And we were so afraid to step away from, from full-time ministry, thinking that we would forfeit our calling. And yet I realized I'm, I'm looking over the people that God has placed right in front of me, uh, because I think somewhere out there is my calling. And yet right in front of me, my four kids, I believe that in this, in this time, this really is who God uh, is calling me to, to steward well and, you know, and multiply this time. You know, in reality, we've got eight years left uh, before we're empty nesters. That's crazy to think about because we moved from Illinois to North Carolina eight years ago. And so, you know, that fear, I guess, fear of God uh, to, to step away from what, you know, we had done for so long, um, that's something that we really had to pray about. But when we felt like, you know, we were released and God had said, hey, no matter what you do, as long as your heart is bent towards honoring me and pleasing me, I'm going to bless it. Um, and there's nothing wrong with saying in this time that my calling is to just be a very present father, to be a, a you know, an even more devoted husband. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. And so that was really the mindset shift that we had to just, it had to take time, you know, transition to me, transition is, is just all about a rhythm. And you've been used to living in one rhythm for so long. And then all of a sudden the rhythm changes and it takes a little bit, you know, to pick up that new rhythm. And so we knew this is going to be a new rhythm. And like I said earlier, I'm a drummer, so I feel like I can pick up on new rhythms pretty quickly. Uh, but when it comes to the rhythm of life, um, you know, just stepping into that, that new time of, of corporate and being home more when we knew that God was in it, I mean, I was excited about it. It, it went from kind of fear and wonder and uncertainty to, man, God's in this. And so let's, let's go after this. Um, let's, um, let's embrace it. So, yeah, I think just the fear of, of stepping away from calling, but then realizing, you know, I, we shouldn't define that by just by one entity. So you, uh, you mentioned a phrase there at the end, Chad, I wonder if you could uh, allude to this, maybe uh, might be helpful for some listeners. You said you knew that God was in it. Um, mm. Like, how did you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's a, that's definitely a, it's a statement. I think a lot of people wish they could say, mm. you know, when it comes to where they're at, I don't, mm. I don't think we fully know, honestly, mm. um, because you know, what's the opposite of faith? The opposite of faith is certainty. And so it wasn't so much stepping into certainty, but it was just knowing that, hey, when it comes to my family, I mean, when it comes to my wife and my four kids, I don't think anyone can argue that God would be in a decision to say, I just, I want to be much more present and devoted, mm -hmm. you know, to, to being there for my kids, uh, you know, in this time, this, this short time that I have left. So I guess I knew my heart was right. I was stepping away from a title, a position that was was a, a badge of honor. You know, to say you work at Elevation Church, a very 
a very, you know, influential church around the world uh, to get to be one of the campus pastors. Uh, and and the, the town that we're in is a very affluent town. You know, the campus uh, at the time uh, was was over, you know, 2,500 people on a weekend. So you're around town, people know you, people see you. That felt good. So I, it's not like I was chasing something <laughs> that yeah. was more appealing or more attractive. It was like, in some sense, maybe to some people, it was like a demotion. You know, you're stepping away uh, from this opportunity. You're stepping away from this position. You're stepping away from this title. Yeah, because I, I guess I guess I'm just more trying to cherish, you know, who God has given me right now rather than chasing whatever is out there. Um and so just knowing that our hearts were pure, I didn't need everyone else to understand it. And I think that's where a lot of people, they, they get stuck, you know, mm. um, they get stuck in that tension because they're, they're hoping everyone will understand the decision that they've made. And, and my wife and I, we had to come to just the reality that not everyone will understand it. Mm. And we'll probably lose some friends, you know, in this process, we're going to lose influence, but what we can gain in this time of just creating memories. Dave and I were talking about just, you know, vacation before we jumped on here. The memories, yeah. you know, that, that get to be created in the unknown, in the adventures. Um, you know, we just knew that our hearts are right because this has nothing to do with something that's gonna prop us up to make people go like, ooh, ah, look at them. No, we're about to lay low. We're about to go behind the scenes. I'm about to step off the stage and put the microphone down because I just, I just wanna be dad right now. And, and I'm okay with that. And so I felt like it was, it was a pure decision, you know, it, it was the right motive. And so that's why I say I knew God was in it because it had nothing to do with positioning ourselves for, mm. for some new, you know, level of, of clout or status. Right. Mm. Yeah, that's a, a, a great answer there. And you've touched on a couple of things that I wonder we could just explore a little bit, Chad, because I, yeah. I think when it comes to your decision, obviously that was a courageous decision. Uh, as you said, up until that point, your background was church. You were connected in that. That was your identity. So there's something about having courage to step out, to be obedient to what God wants us to do. And I, I think it's not about stepping out from, but stepping into. And it could well be there's people who are listening, and maybe they feel stuck in their role. And maybe it's about them being obedient to God and stepping into something rather than actually feeling it's a backward step or something like that. So, yeah, the thing that got really struck me there was around this idea of calling. Because when we look across the church, I mean, if you're not a, you know, a, pay, a paid member of staff or in a positional role like that, I mean, 99% of the people you're ministering to are in that role, aren't they? No. So there's got to be something in there where those people feel as called as those who are standing at the front. And, and maybe that's the mind shift that we need to have, is actually the calling is not just about those who are in full-time ministry, but calling's about actually being obedient to what God's saying to you as the individual. Absolutely. I don't know if we want to explore that a little bit, Nathan. What do you think on that? Or Chad, I think there's something in there. Mm. Yeah, go ahead, Nathan. You are about to say something. Yeah, I was just uh, like, I'm, I'm intrigued because I think um, the whole idea of calling and church, I think in, and you know, like, like yourself growing up in church, very much of that calling has been towards ministry, but um, trying to shift that in the church. And I'm, 
really intrigued of how we do that well in the church mm. you know mm. how we how we how we let the teachers know in our church that they're called mm. um you know how we let you know everyone even um you know down to people who clear bins cleaners whatever it is however whatever job they look like how do we let them know that they are called as well um mm. i i think is a great journey for churches to go on um but it has to be modeled in us as well yeah I, when you break it down like that nathan <clears throat> i mean dave you said the word courage earlier it's so interesting that you say that um i was listening uh, to a to a teaching right before we got on here, actually, and and the the teaching was about courage, and there's a bit of a backstory there too. I don't have a lot of time to go into it, but when I was on staff at Elevation, I was in 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 a fun way. I was I was known as Courageous Chad because I was in a meeting one time, and Pastor Stephen asked the campus pastors, "What does it take, you know, to just be a, a good campus pastor at Elevation?" And and some people said charisma, some said communication. I said courage. And, um, he, he actually challenged me on that. Cause that's just what he does. He just likes to push back and challenge, get you to think. And I wouldn't let up. I said, no, it takes courage. And, um, so for a while, you know, in meetings, it, it would just, it would get brought up and it was fun. Well, um, it was a couple of years after that, that he was actually preaching a sermon and he, he brought that story up about how just, I was convinced that, you know, courage was the virtue that you needed. And he said, Chad was right. It, it takes courage. <clears throat> it takes courage, you know, to uh, to be in leadership, to to follow the the plan of God for your life, to to trust, you know, Him and whatever step He's calling you to take. In our hearts, we plan our course. The Lord determines our steps. Mm. It takes courage, but we we love that virtue, courage. But I really believe it. It kind of goes in reverse, where where courage is really developed through the virtue of integrity, and integrity is developed through the virtue of humility, mm. and. You know, if we want people to really live out their calling as leaders, we've got to be humble enough uh, to to point that out, uh, to bring that out of the people that God is calling us to lead with even the possibility that, hey, you know what, their gift uh, could be pretty significant mm-hmm. and, and their gift might even cause them to get more notoriety than me. I mean, classic example, David and Saul, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now we all know where that went, but I think, I think leaders as leaders, we've got to be willing enough to say, I see something in you and I'm willing to develop that. I'm willing to empower you and equip you even at the expense of maybe, maybe your platform at this time will grow a little larger than mine. I'm okay with that because aren't we all called to do one thing anyways? And that's build God's church, advance his kingdom, uh, become more and more like Christ, you know, every day. And I think there's um, there's some humility, you know, as leaders that we need to be willing to step into, to say my job is to see something in you and to and to cultivate that and develop that. Um, that's going to take a lot of trust, you know, from from our part uh, as leaders. But I think it starts with humility. I really do. We we love we love the thought of being strong and courageous you know, as, as God was commanding Joshua, but why was God commanding Joshua to be strong and courageous? Cause ultimately Joshua was afraid, you know, he was, he was fearful. And so, so God really had to, um, you know, call, call out of him what he knew uh, was in him. And so I think it starts with us as leaders. We, we've got to be humble enough that maybe, maybe in a season, maybe in a certain phase of life, it, it won't always be about us. That's okay. Cause I get to, I get to enjoy, you know, 
from maybe the front row uh, cheering this person on. I, I had a, a leader in my life that was just intimidating to me. And when they would show up at my campus, I knew why they were there to, to evaluate me, to critique me. And so every word I was saying from stage, I knew that I was just, I was being investigated. So I would just become a nervous wreck. And so I sat with this leader one time. I said, you know, I, I appreciate you in my life so much. I know that you're, um, you're just here to help and, and you're here to, to challenge the process. I said, but, but when I'm in your presence in a live setting, I'm, I can't think. I, I, I just, I fall apart, you know, in my head. So I just need you to fake it, you know, while you're with me, just say an amen or clap or something just to know that you believe in me, you know, for, for that time that you're there. And then maybe when we meet afterwards, we can, we can have the, the conversation of feedback and evaluation. And, and they looked at me and they just said, I'm, I'm so sorry. I think they said, I've always seen myself as a coach, you know, coaching you guys. I think, I think God's calling me to be more of a cheerleader, you know, in this time, just to cheer you on, to give you the confidence. So the next time this leader came while I was preaching to the campus, they, they come to the campus, they sit in the front row and I'm thinking, oh no, oh my goodness, here we go. This is going to be a miserable 35 minutes because every word I say is going to be critiqued. And, and they showed up and they did the opposite. They, they clapped, they amen. They were, they were in my corner and it just, it, it, it set me up, you know, in a different way to just, man, I believe I can do this because I'm being believed in by my leader. And then later on, we have the conversation of feedback. But I think I think leaders just um, they have to humble themselves enough to not always, you know, just be the smartest one in the room, you know, and say, hey, I believe in you and I'm going to champion what what I know God has put in you. And that takes humility. So, Chad, what is the best way for people to connect with you? Uh, you can go. I'm on Instagram. So I am Chad Hampton is my handle. You can go on there. That, that'd probably be the best way. Awesome. Well, it's been great to have Chad with us and great to have everyone uh, listening. And if you're watching this as well, great to have you with us. Wherever you're consuming the content, then please like, subscribe, share it with someone you know it would encourage. And um, really believing that this has been a super helpful conversation with you. Don't forget, we've got icon.church forward slash open where you can get exclusive access to loads of free content around church leadership and uh, free uh, content for your church as well. And I know we've uh, recently put some new resources on kids ministry. So head over there to check those out. But we will we look forward to having everyone with us next time on the Church Explained podcast. We will see you soon.